Because faith comes through hearing the message of Christ, this sermon has been uploaded for you by Grace Unlimited, a ministry that functions out of Living Hope Church, Pretoria, South Africa. We want Jesus Christ to have first place in everything in our church. And we want to help you know and follow Jesus in all of life and to help others do the same. Find out more or download many more free sermons at graceunlimited.co.za or livinghopechurch.co.za. And the kind of choices you have made along the way. You will notice that there are all these kinds of different influences that impact the way we make decisions and shape what we think is valuable. I mean an obvious one is that of our culture, right? Each one of us is born into a specific time, place and culture. And our culture influences your sense of identity. How you think about your purpose in life, what job you should get, what kind of person you should get married to. As one man says, a person's cultural orientation shapes their worldview, ethics, identity, notion of salvation, even more than your individual personality does. And maybe you've grown up in a culture where you must keep everyone happy, otherwise you might bring dishonor to the family or the culture. And so the reality is, you're going to need wisdom to navigate all of that. But what about your idols? Maybe that's actually what you wrote down as what you need this year. Because what we love gets much of our attention and it has this direct influence on how we think and act, right? You need wisdom to be able to discern what is taking you away from God and wants to be your God. What about our desires? God has given us emotions, desires and feelings that need to be shaped by Him. But we can be foolish if we allow our desires to shape what we do rather than what God wants us to do. In other words, we need wisdom in dealing with all our emotions and feelings. All of us here in this room need wisdom from God if we are going to live for Jesus in a world that is so confused. Are we going to be wise instead of fools? So how do we get this precious wisdom? In the first few verses of Proverbs 2, we find the answer. And what clearly stands out from the way this chapter is constructed is that there is an if-then relationship in the text. In other words, if you do this, then the results will be as follows. Now look at the first verse. If you, verse 3 again, if you, verse 4, if you, then, verse 5 and verse 9, you will get wisdom. And so in verses 1 to 5 of chapter 2, of Proverbs, we see four ways we can find wisdom. And I want to encourage you that together we need to make these four ways our focus for the year. Today we are talking about four ways to find wisdom that will allow us to make better decisions and navigate the challenges of life. Four ways to become wise and have a God-centered approach to life. And so let's start with the first one. 
from verse 1. Store up God's commands. Store up God's commands. My son, if you receive my words and treasure up my commandments with you. See, a lot of time people are looking for shortcuts to success, but that is not the Christian life. The author of Hebrews is telling us that if you want to be someone that is wise, then you need to change your attitude toward the Word of God. Solomon made God's commands the guide for his life, and he is imparting that wisdom like a father would to his son. Because the Word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword. We know the Word of God is alive. It's active. And when we read the Bible, we find confidence in knowing that we are hearing from the wisest source in the entire universe. But we also know that the Bible does not address every specific issue of life in detail. It doesn't give us explicit information, for example, about dating, or about what job you should have, or when and what kind of house you should buy. And that is because God is not interested in having a kind of relationship with you where all we seek to do is follow this to-do list. God is interested in our transformation more than He is in your external obedience. And what we need to do is we need to make His Word our treasure. But what does it look like? How can we make the Word of God our treasure? Well, first we see in the text we need to receive it. In other words, we actually need to read the Bible. I mean, this sounds so obvious and foundational to the Christian life, yet maybe as you look at last year, how many of you had all these aspirations for spending time in God's Word, but then life kind of gets busy. And the irony is, you are making decision after decision, but the Word of God is not shaping those decisions, because something else is. And we want to be wise, but we end up being more like fools. Recently I walked into someone's room, and what I saw in their room was someone that is trying to treasure God's Word in their lives. They had Bible verses on these little sticky notes all over the walls. There were verses on the mirror. They had this big sign over their bed against the wall that talks about God's faithfulness. They had a map of all the unreached people groups in the world with facts and verses next to each one of them. And I was looking at all of this in their room, and I was thinking about the Stexian Proverbs. They reminded me of the practical steps they were taking to make God's Word their treasure. They want God's Word to be around them all the time. Because God wants us to know Him so intimately that His thoughts become our thoughts. His ways become our ways. His affections become our affections. And that can only happen when you are receiving and treasuring up God's Word in your heart and in your life. You see, the fool thinks they can go through life without the Word of God shaping their thoughts and actions and still expect to be wise and dealing with all the choices and challenges they face. And perhaps you're like, yes, I want to do that. I want to do that, but I struggle. I struggle to make God's Word the treasure of my life. Or perhaps think about it like this. God wants you to develop a taste for godliness. 
God wants you to develop a taste for godliness. And how do you develop a taste for something new? You start to eat it, you swallow it, you digest it, and the more you do that, again and again over time, you develop a taste for it. There was a time where I didn't like coffee at all. I mean, I really thought it was bitter and disgusting. But then come the university years, and I needed to stay up late to study, and, and obviously now I need to drink more coffee. And now I would say I'm a bit of a coffee snob. I treasure a good cup of coffee. And that is how we are to be with the Word of God. We must eat it, swallow it, digest it. In other words, read it, think about it, meditate on it, sleep on it, seek to apply it in our lives. And then we will develop a taste for godliness. See, now I've become someone that typically doesn't go through a day without a good cup of coffee. And the same should be true of the Word of God. But the problem is that too often, we kind of just want God to figure out life for us, and we want to sit back and move on to whatever is next in our lives. People say, God is sovereign. So why go to all this effort to receive His Word and treasure His Word? Well, I like how one man says it. He says, wisdom is the difference between knowing a world-class biologist who can write your papers for you and studying under a world-class biologist so that you write the kind of papers he would write. God wants us to sit at His feet and read His words so that we can live a life in the image of His Son. In other words, to find wisdom and to live a godly life, you need to receive the Word of God on a regular basis. So that you can't live without it. See, by loving the Word of God and meditating on it daily, the psalmist discovered that he was wiser than his enemies. They had more insight than his teachers. And more understanding than the people who are older than him. Look at what the psalmist says, Psalm 1997. Oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all the day. Your commandments make me wiser than my enemies, for it is ever with me. I have more understanding than all my teachers, for your testimonies are my meditation. I understand more than the aged, for I keep your precepts. See, if you want to change and how you relate to those who might oppose you, get in the Word of God. If you want to be life smart and not just book smart, get in the Word of God. If you want to grow in spiritual maturity and make wiser decisions than those who have lived longer than you, then get in the Word of God. Because godliness makes a young person wiser beyond their years. And so ask yourself, are you ready to receive God's Word in your life? Are you ready to treasure it this year? Because not only do we need to store up God's commands to find wisdom, secondly, we need to listen to godly advice. You need to listen to godly advice. Verse 2, making your ear attentive to wisdom and inclining your heart to understanding. See, people who are wise love to hear the Word of God, whether it's read, preached, or sung. But to find wisdom, you also need to listen to what other Bible reading Christians are saying. 
See, one of the biggest challenges I think we have today is that many people make up their minds and make decisions before they actually get godly counsel from other people. They're not so much interested in the wisdom of others. Which is kind of what the Bible would call what? Foolishness. Foolishness. If we want to be the kind of people who live wise, godly lives this year, then we must become people who seek advice and counsel from others who are godly. Just look at how Proverbs says in other passages. Proverbs 1 verse 5. Let the wise hear and increase in learning. And the one who understands obtain guidance. Proverbs 12.15 The way of the fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man listens to advice. Proverbs 15.22 Without counsel, plans fail, but with many advisors, they succeed. I think in general, we would all agree that getting advice from other godly people before making decisions is a wise thing to do. But yet so many people don't do it. Why? Why? Because the fool thinks he is right in his own eyes. There's a kind of pride that does not think we need help from other people. There's a kind of pride that thinks we already know what is best. There's a kind of pride that we don't want to bother other people because we assume they're too busy. There's a kind of pride that wants what it wants. And it does not want someone else to tell them something different. See, unfortunately, we have seen this when it comes to relationships, right? Where people want to be in a certain relationship so much that they are not interested in the counsel of others. The same with career choices. I mean, the Bible doesn't say what kind of career you should have. But it does give us principles that help us see how we can seek first the kingdom of God. With the gifts and talents He has given you. And how that will impact how you can serve Him and be part of a local church that advances His glory to the ends of the earth. But to find wisdom, our ears need to become like these big satellites. Our ears need to become sensitive to pick up any noise of godly counsel. Because as Proverbs makes clear, our ears are not naturally attentive to the wisdom of others. So we have to make our ears attentive. And one of the ways we do that is to become someone that is humble and teachable. Because here's a good question to ask yourself to see whether you are humble enough to be teachable. Are you willing to change your mind when another person's guidance carries more value than yours? Obvious question, but a good test. Are you willing to change your mind when another person's guidance carries more value than yours? See, someone that is teachable will be able to say, You know what? I didn't think of that. Or I see your point, that is actually very helpful. And they actually take that counsel and they use it. Because if you've never changed your mind about something after receiving good advice from someone else, then you are not very teachable, are you? So how do I become more teachable? Well, you need humility. By allowing other people to speak truth into your life. 
By structuring your life in such a way that you have godly people in your life where you can openly ask for advice. Because God has made us for community and for relationships. And to have meaningful, wise, godly relationships, we need to become good listeners who are willing to ask for guidance. So are you willing to ask for help and guidance this year? This might influence who you spend time with. God says if you want to find wisdom, become an expert at listening, even here at church on Sundays. One of the best ways to help you listen is by taking notes, by trying to follow the argument the preacher is making, by listening for ways the text is challenging you to change and giving you a better understanding of who God is. And then taking all that truth and applying that to the specifics of your life. Because not only do we need to tune our ears to the truth, God says we need to incline our hearts to understanding. We need our hearts to be constantly persuaded by the truth. And that happens when we are spending time in God's truth and listening to what other godly people are saying. Is that what your life looks like right now? But then thirdly, if you're going to find wisdom and make godly wise choices this year, number three, pray for clarity. Pray for clarity. Yes, if you call out for insight and raise your voice for understanding. You see, the wise Christian is someone that is searching the scriptures. That is asking for godly counsel and now is praying and asking God for clarity. Calling out for insight and raising your voice to God in prayer. And engaging in a conversation with God about what you are discovering in His Word. And how that should change the way you live your life. Because there are going to be many decisions we make and God wants us to talk to Him about it. How does James put it in James 1 verse 5? If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given to you. And so you have this big decision you have to make, so what do you do? You go to the Bible, you look at what God has already revealed in His Word. You go to others and ask for advice, but then you also go to God and you pray. But what do you pray for? We need to pray that God helps us to understand His Word. How many of you actually ask God to help you understand the Word before you dive into the Word and as you dive into the Word? To find wisdom, we need to pray and ask God through His Holy Spirit to illuminate our minds and our hearts. Psalm 119.130 says, The unfolding of your words give light. It imparts understanding to the simple. So when you're praying about decisions, about wanting to understand more about God's Word, then we are praying that God gives light and, and imparts understanding to us. Psalm 119.18 says, Open my eyes that I, am, I may behold wondrous things out of your law. When last did you pray that? We are praying that God would help us see that 
What is so wonderful and beautiful in the text that we are studying? In Ephesians 1.17, Paul is praying for the church and he says, Remembering you, my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom. The spirit of wisdom and of revelation and the knowledge of Him. Having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which He has called you. What are the riches of His glorious inheritance in the saints? And what is the immeasurable greatness of His power toward us who believe? The Spirit of God gives wisdom and revelation to help us understand Jesus and His love for us. And the thing is, illumination leads to action. Illumination leads to action. It leads to making wise choices. It leads to godliness. But not only do we need to pray that we can understand God's Word, we should also pray with, for the right attitude. God wants us to have the right motives in our actions. It's one thing to do what God says, but it's another thing if we do it with the wrong attitude. So we must pray for humility. We must pray to be someone that is teachable, that is willing to change our minds based on the truth we discover and the counsel we receive. We need to pray that our decisions can make a gospel impact in the lives of others and that we will structure our lives in such a way that it makes clear that Jesus is our treasure. Because to find wisdom this year, you need to read the Bible. You need to ask for counsel and guidance. You need to pray. And now finally, you need to make finding wisdom a priority. You need to make finding wisdom a priority. Verse 4. If you seek it like silver and search for it as for hidden treasure. You see, God knows we have a lot of things fighting to be priorities in our lives. He knows how busy your schedule is. He knows that for us, foolishness comes standard, but finding wisdom takes work. And that is why in all these verses, you have these verbs that show us that to find wisdom takes a total commitment. Do you see it? Receive, treasure, make, incline, call out, raise your voice, and now seek. Now think about it this way. If I told you that underneath the stage, the very stage that I'm standing on right now, was a box, and in that box was a bar of gold. And that bar of gold is worth millions. But if you open up the doors underneath the stage and you look inside, you might find a bunch of different things that we don't want to see. Full of clutter and chaos. There might even be rats down there. Now would you come to church each week and just look at that stage and be like, it's too dark and it's too dirty, it's too messy for me, and I don't like rats, so I'm not going to make the effort to find the gold that is in there somewhere. I mean, you could have that bar of gold for yourself. If you're willing to get in there and look for it. Now, if you think that bar of gold is actually worth it, what are you going to do? You're going to get in there, right? You're going to get in there. And so God is saying, if you want to be wise, you need to be like a treasure hunter. 
You need to see wisdom as being absolutely valuable. I don't know, it makes me think of that TV show called Gold Rush. Maybe you've seen that show on Discovery Channel. It's called Gold Rush, where the guys go to Alaska, I think, and they live in these brutal conditions, and they're digging and digging in the hopes of finding some kind of gold. And these guys are almost going crazy in the way they are willing to sacrifice to find even just the tiniest bit of gold. And at the end of the season, all they found is this tiny rock of gold and they could put it in a jar. See, and even though they only found such a little amount of gold, there was a total commitment to getting it. And we need that same kind of attitude and spirit in finding the wisdom we need to live godly, God-fearing lives. Because wisdom is given to those who are willing to grasp for it, not those who drift and do nothing. But then part of the question is, whose evaluation of worth will you trust? The world's evaluation or God's? Because the world is going to tell you that it's not worth it. But if you trust God's evaluation about the value of wisdom, then it will show in your priorities. The way you plan your calendar, your time, your finances, your relationships, your serving others, how you prepare for our time of church, how you prepare for spending time in God's Word and in counsel and prayer, and all of that will change in light of structuring your life so that you have the best, best possible opportunity to find the treasure that is wisdom. To find the treasure that is God. Because what does Proverbs say? If you read your Bibles, if you listen to godly counsel, if you pray and if you make finding wisdom a priority, then what? Verse 5. Then what? Then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. Then you will be in such awe of God that all your decisions fall into perspective. A godly perspective. Without the fear of the Lord, we are going to be fools this year. And when we're talking about the fear of the Lord, we're not talking about being afraid of God. We are talking about being so blown away by who He is, that our understanding of His holiness and His awesomeness changes every decision I want to make. Because with the right understanding of who God is and who we are, we won't think we need His wisdom. But if you pursue God with a gold rush kind of commitment, then you will find the wisdom you need for this year. Then you will find the wisdom you need to live a godly life. And perhaps as you look at your life, you can see that maybe you're a fool. That your decisions are shaped by the world. That you are not very teachable. That you don't ask for advice or counsel. That you like to follow your own desires. That you are not really in awe of God. Well, there's good news for you. The Bible says in Proverbs 3.19, The Lord, by wisdom, founded the earth. By understanding, He established the heavens. In other words, God displays His wisdom in everything He has created. 
Just take a look around. Where the heavens are telling the story of the glory of God. But not only do we see this awe-inspiring wisdom in creation, we see His wisdom in God sending His only Son. For foolish people like you and me. 1 Corinthians 1.24 But to those who are called, both Jew and Greek, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. And in Him, Paul says, Colossians 2.3, are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Yet God displays His wisdom in taking His Son and nailing Him to a cross for fools like you and me, so we can stop living for ourselves and start living wise, godly lives for Him. 1 Corinthians 1.21 For since the, in the wisdom of God, the world did not know God through wisdom, it pleased God through the folly of what we preach to save those who believe. See, it doesn't make sense to the world that God would become a man. It doesn't make sense to the world that we would seek after Him. It doesn't make sense to the world that He would love foolish people like us. But yet what seems so foolish to the world is actually what the fool needs most. And if you turn to God in repentance, recognizing what a proud fool you are, seeking His forgiveness for all the foolish choices you have made, and trust in His wisdom, humbling, believing, and trusting that what Jesus did on the cross was for you, then you will find the greatest treasure there is. Then you will find Him. Jesus. The people of this world think they can get to know God by using their own human wisdom. But God knows they can't. So in His perfect wisdom, He has provided a way for people to be delivered from their bondage to sin and bring them into a satisfying relationship with Him. And at the heart of God's wisdom is a faithful Son who is willing to be humble Himself so that we can receive eternal life. But not only eternal life, the wisdom to know how we should live our lives now in preparing for eternity. That's why Paul said to the church in Ephesians, Ephesians 5.15, Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time, because the days are evil. Therefore do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Is finding wisdom going to be a priority for you this year? Do you know what God's will for your life is according to His Word? If you want wisdom, then store up God's commands. Ask for counsel and listen to good counsel. Pray and talk with God and ask Him for a gold rush kind of attitude to find the wisdom you need to live a life that glorifies Him. Because the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ is that God has already mapped out the course of our lives. And He can use our foolishness and our failures to bring Himself even greater glory. But we can know that when we make Him our priority in our lives, then we will be able to live wisely 
making the best use of our time. Let's pray and ask God now to help us find this precious wisdom as we seek Him together this year. Let's pray. Father God, we thank You so much that fools like us can be humbled again today just by looking at Your Word and recognizing so often we go through life trying to figure it all out for ourselves. What an amazing God we serve. Such a powerful, awe-inspiring God that is sovereign over all creation, sovereign over every detail of our lives, yet is willing to share not only your very life in the Lord Jesus Christ, but to share wisdom with us so that we can live lives that glorify you. Father, we know we will be presented with this array of choices and decisions this year. Lord, we want to be wise. We want to be God-fearing men and women in this church. So help us, Lord. Help us to treasure up your commandments. Help us to be humble enough to ask, listen, and ask for godly counsel. Help us to raise up our voices and bring our decisions and our concerns and all that we, the treasures we find in your word to you. Help us to make you a priority in our lives. Because Lord, we know when we do, as your word says today, then we will fear you the way we should. We will be inspired by you to be in awe of you. To have the kind of understanding that is beyond our years. To be able to grow and mature. To make wise decisions that is beyond our years. To make godliness attractive to the world around us. So Father, help us to value this wisdom. And thank you that we have access to it because of Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ alone. In His name we pray. Amen.